I was raised in a super conservative, slightly fundamentalist Christian situation. And over the last five years or so, it has brought me so much joy to pursue traditional spiritual practices that are more connected to my ancestry and that aren't directly connected to colonization and the transatlantic slave trade. That said, there's a lot of resistance in my part of the world anyway to ancestor veneration or ancestor worship or ancestor remembrance practices. I have found that while ancestor veneration exists all over the world, people's understanding of it really varies from culture to culture and from person to person, quite frankly, whether or not people actually believe their ancestors can hear them and are directly responding to them, whether people see their ancestors as intermediaries between people who are living and actual deities, or whether people think it's just something that you do that is deeply embedded in the culture and that it is good for you psychologically to remember the people that came before you, but no one can actually hear you. So it certainly varies, but I personally have gotten so much comfort and joy from exploring ancestor veneration that I'm thrilled to have Angela Ocampo with us today, who's going to introduce us to ancestor remembrance practices. Angela is coming to us from an Indigenous Columbia perspective, and she is going to share with us her understanding of ancestor remembrance practices, the value that it has had in her life, and the healing potential that it has. Angela is an intuitive and uses embodiment work and dancing to reconnect people to their own intuition and to their own truth. A lot of times when you feel like you don't know which way to go in life and what's up and what's down, the truth is you do know, but you no longer are feeling confident in acknowledging what you know intuitively and you're seeking ways to validate or prove your opinions rather than just feeling them and going with them. So one of Angela's gifts is helping people get around that feeling of stuckness. So this is an excellent episode. Near the latter portion of the episode, Angela even shares a short meditation with us. So when you get to that section, you're going to want to make sure you're not driving and that you're in a position where it's going to be safe to get a little relaxed and comfortable. And even though the meditation is brief, don't worry. Angela's website is up now and you can visit AngelaElCampo.com and get a longer version of that meditation. I also have a pretty exciting announcement. I will be hosting my first ever in-person retreat in Bali next March. So this will be spring break for a lot of people. So hopefully you have that time off and you'll be able to join us as well. There are a lot of exciting excursions planned. It's going to be focused on teaching you to relax your nervous system and to recover more quickly from any of the stressors you might encounter at home or at work and for you to really develop recovery practices so that while you're feeling totally relaxed, totally calm, totally at home in your body on the trip, 
You don't have to worry that when you go back home, when you fight your way through the airport, you will completely lose all of that peace. No, you'll be going home with recovery practices so you can keep returning to that sense of calm so that your nervous system can stay in the zone that it's meant to be in. We're not meant to constantly be keyed up, stressed out, clenching your teeth, waiting for the other shoe to drop. So it's going to be a wonderful week. It is very far away if you live on the East Coast of the U.S., but I know it's going to be so beautiful and so refreshing. There will be more details to come, but if you are super excited about the idea of actually hanging out in a wellness space that's centered on people of color and queer folks, and you want to go ahead and check it out, put your deposit in, just visit daliakinsey.com slash retreat and you'll see the details there. All right, let's get on into today's yeah, episode. They might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited for my queer folk, my trans, people of color. Let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go. Hey, Angela, thank you so much for coming on. Hi, thank you so much for having me. When I got your email, I signed up for it and listened to the meditation for connecting to your ancestors. I immediately thought people needed to know about this and needed to hear about the work that you're doing. Let's start with what are your marginalized identities and what does connecting to your ancestors mean for you? Yeah, so I am a cisgendered woman. I'm heterosexual as well. I come from Colombia. So I'm a woman of color. I also have indigenous ancestry. So uh, for me, it has been kind of like a rediscovery journey to meet with my ancestors and connect with them because my indigenous ancestry was colonized. A lot of their culture was taken away from them. And so a lot of the things weren't passed down to, to my family, to my lineage. So I think there was always a disconnect for me where I felt really called, you know, to be on the earth and be outside, but I, I just didn't know why. And maybe like a little bit of stories from my family was passed down, but it, I, I just always felt called. So when I found ancestral work, I just felt in my body, this is what I need. As, as someone who, you know, was on a spiritual journey anyway, I was always somewhat of a seeker. I always want to find out the truth and just go deep. So ancestral healing has, has been able to connect me again with like my roots and where I come from. And it creates this sense of belonging and it creates a sense of just peace in a way, because you are, you are discovering who, who you really are, what is your blood and you're creating these uh, pathways of remembrance. And that will not only help you, but it's going to help the generations that come after you. Now that's fascinating because almost all of us are descendants of people who were colonized. When you look at how much of the planet was colonized, mm -hmm. it is 
mind boggling. As their children, we are both descendants of the colonized and the colonizer. Did you feel any sort of conflict around that when you connect to your ancestors? Do you feel like you belong to them, but you don't feel called to connect to the colonizer ancestors? Yeah, that is a duality that I have been facing, right? It's it's a confronting duality. And I think it, I pushed it away for so long. <laughs> I only wanted to see, yeah, yeah, I have indigenous blood. But then that was like the other side, like I needed to face it because that is part of me. And so I do feel like before I felt more resistance to it. And I feel that for, for some reason, I have a really strong connection to my indigenous ancestry more. It's probably because the stories that I know are mostly from that side of the family. And I feel that the more that I connect with that side, I'm opening up the pathway of connecting to that other side who is the colonizer. And I feel there's a sense of kind of like reclamation. And I do feel it's kind of confronting because the colonizer had, you know, they didn't have great intentions. You know, there was violence and there was just a lot of harmful things to to our colonized ancestors. So I think approaching it in a way where it's it's intentionally saying to to the energies, like, I want to connect with the ancestors who have divine intentions. Mm-hmm. And that in a way already sets like the boundaries and knowing that you know when people cross over they they tend to you know like it's it's a clearing right that they have they kind of like the karma falls down and and they they could become pure but at the same time some people don't like some 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 souls you know get stuck or so i feel that it's important even when when i do get to that point about my ancestral remembrance journey to connect with the colonizer side to know that I have protection over my own energy. I have protection of what I let in and I can choose to connect to the good side of them because I will, I like to believe that there was some good in them regardless. And, you know, they did horrible things, but they're still part of me. So I have to like come to terms with that as well. I like that framing and that you can set a boundary for what type of energy you want to draw in and which ancestors you want to hear from. I think that that's helpful to know too, because I think ancestral healing is sometimes, it it can be scary for people because of the fact that a lot of us have ancestors who were, you know, the most pure people on the earth, right? Like they, they probably did a lot of harmful things. And, and so it can, it can bring up a lot. And that's why I'm also a huge advocate while doing ancestral healing work to have some sort of tools that ground you and that will help, you know, clear any energy that is moving through you because a lot of it can be confronting, especially if you're just new to it. And so that like tools, basically like dancing. I love dancing and it connects me to my ancestors as well. And so anything that, that allows you to release anything that may come up, I believe our bodies hold so much wisdom and our bodies have our ancestors' blood. So I really love working with the body to, to come to a neutralized point of when you're doing the ancestral work because a lot can come up for sure. 
Would you say that the greatest tool that you have for connecting to your ancestors is your own body? I actually, I do believe that. I like to believe that I'm very in tune with my body. And I think everyone can get there. I think society kind of programs us into thinking like, oh, we're so disconnected or our intuition is is wrong. But really, like, as as a pure being, when you came to this earth, like you as a baby, like you, you knew what your body needed and that's why you like cried and you're hungry. Ever since we come out of the womb, like we are very in tune with our bodies and it's just that programming and conditioning that disconnects us. The oppressor wants us to be disconnected from our bodies because that is how we lose our power. So I believe getting into our bodies and using it as a tool for ancestral work is a way that we take our power back. And I feel that also meditation, like going through deep meditations allows me to use my body to kind of just like spark that, that like connection. Like I mentioned, it brings, it has so much wisdom. Sometimes I just, I I like, I'm in, I'm in nature or like I listen to a song and like, I feel it in my body, like this deep, like a tingling sensation. And it's, it's not something that my mind can really like give a meaning to, but it's like my body knows first, right? I feel too that because our soul is is connected to our body, it, it's like holding our body. The body is one of the, the greatest allies because it speaks directly. Like it doesn't allow the mind, the mind that allows, that sometimes tells us that we're overthinking it or, you know, it puts like doubts in our head. I think the body comes from a place of pureness. Mm, I love that framing because my first thought was, well, how do you know that you can connect to your ancestors? So my first reaction was, how do we process this intellectually? How do we know that we can even do this? And that ancestral work is something that we can all access because when you don't have access to a lot of the traditions that your ancestors practice, I know sometimes you feel anxiety around like, am I doing this correctly? Hmm. Can I recreate traditions that are lost? But what is your take on that? I would imagine that if the body is the guide, then there are many ways, even if you don't have any way to know the exact traditions that were used, that there are many ways to tap into this power. Correct. Yeah. I, I believe our intuition is our biggest guide and the body, like the body, what it feels, the sensations, right? So for anyone that doesn't have access to, you know, who your ancestors were, I say the first thing is like, what do you feel inclined to? That is the first thing that you want to tap into. A lot of us have, we love things that don't have, maybe we just don't realize like why we love with that certain thing, but we just do. So like tapping into that because we, we hold so much wisdom that we might not be conscious of, but sometimes we're just drawn to things. So I would say for those people that don't have access is to really lean into what you're drawn to, what calls your attention and really experiment, right? If, if you know for example, if you know you you have ancestry from Africa, start listening to some African music. What do you what do you call to? Like there's just so much music that you 
that you can tap into and there's different kinds. So like start tapping into that, maybe seek out some recipes and start seeing like what you really love, what you don't really like. And, and maybe like seeing, maybe if you really love a dish or a certain song, like start researching the roots, where does it come from? Who are the artists that created it? So I think we can really use our intuition to see what we're naturally drawn to, because again, our ancestors are in our blood. They're, even if we're not conscious of it, they're guiding us and they're speaking through us. Even if it seems like we're, we're not, we're not in communication with them. They're always trying to, to tap in. So that's what I would recommend to start like diving in for sure. I love that. So approachable. When you say the ancestors are always speaking through us and guiding us, does that communication go in both directions? Do you think it matters how you live your life as far as resolving previous hurts that maybe your ancestors weren't able to resolve in their lifetime? Yeah. So yes, I think it is, it is both ways. So I actually believe in calling them in intentionally. And that is how I started on my journey. I did a meditation that kind of like opened up the portal for me. And from there, I just started to call them in and speak to them, pray to them. It's like another relationship. It has to be nourished. It takes some work to, to, to let them in. Like you have free will as a human. So they're not going to just be like, Hey, you know, just barge in on you. You have to open up that door and you have to open up the lines of communication if you want to have consciously a relationship with them. And so in terms of like healing the wounding, I think it's, it's going to be definitely a journey and it's not going to happen overnight. I think it's, it's something that if you feel called to do ancestral work, this is definitely like you were chosen by your ancestors because there, there are things and, and resources that they didn't have in order to heal. And now as a, as a generation that has a ton of resources, you know, we have resources to therapy to just free education. I feel Google is just a resource on its own. We're also coming into this time of, of awakening just as a society, as a collective, and as a wanting to also liberation, especially for BIPOC people. And so I think that's why so many people have been wanting to connect with the ancestors because they know that they will give them the strength and the wisdom and the guidance that they need to heal those woundings that have permeated so much of their familial lineage. I think that's why we crave that connection because again, it gives us a sense of belonging. It gives us a sense of strength and a wisdom that then maybe, you know, if, if you're just starting your spiritual journey or you like your reclamation journey, maybe you haven't found it anywhere else. And I feel like ancestors give you just a very grounded, you know, they come from the earth, right? So they give you a very grounded wisdom and strength. And so I really believe, yeah, that, that they support you on healing that, those wounding, and we can definitely call them in and call their energy in. It simply starts by opening yourself up to that, to that relationship. Have you learned any of the names of your ancestors? Did you do a combination of trying to call them in and accessing information you could find about them? 
Yeah. So I actually have a spirit guide. Spirit guides for me are just a team of souls, of spiritual souls that, that protect me and support me. And so we all have this, we all have a team. And so sometimes we have ancestors who are also our spirit guides. So I have one, her name is uh, Esmeralda and she is my ancestor from a very long time ago. So from the indigenous lineage and I met her through going through a meditation and wanting to meet other people in my spirit team. I had already met a few of them, but I knew, I had a feeling that there was an ancestor there and I really wanted to tap into her energy. So, so that's how I met her. And other than that, I've been doing also research. I actually just found out where my grandma from my mom's side was born, was the land that she was born on. And she's the one that carries that, that indigenous blood. And so I was doing some research on the plants or just like anything, anything that I could find to connect me. So I'm actively trying to find more names. Sometimes I do get like when I'm doing deep meditations or just like breath work is really great too in taking you really deep. Sometimes I don't even like go intentionally trying to meet with my ancestors. They just find a way to, to enter because I have this open portal for them and they're welcome to come into my energy. So, so I have encounters with them like that. And I've, I've been able to get some, I can't remember now the exact name, but I, they do have very like tribal indigenous names. And so it's been really healing and just also very empowering and, and beautiful to, to have those experiences with them and, and kind of like see a part of myself reflected in them. So that brings up a couple of questions for me. I had wondered, how do you get into that deeper meditative state? When you say breath work, what does that mean? Yeah, so breath work is, is just, it's another modality. There are breath work practitioners. So it's, it's, I do it like that breath work where you're taking three breaths. So you take the first breath taking in air from your belly, then your chest and out through your mouth. And it takes you into a very meditative state. You just kind of get out of your head. And so these processes are usually around 30 to an hour. And so there are breathwork tracks online that you can try. I found some on YouTube. And I also have friends who are breathwork practitioners who, who use this service as a healing modality. So. I recommend that because it's really powerful and using our breath to really get into our bodies and get out of our heads. And it's also a very healing modality for also any trauma that you have experienced. So I really, I'm a fan of breath work. And in terms of another modality that it, I really love any deep meditation, I find them on YouTube for people that are maybe just starting out, maybe a guided meditation would be the best way to just, you know, maybe not, not one with a lot of words or just something to get you in the deep, like relaxed state. And I think before you go to bed is like one of the best things, maybe like creating like a little nighttime routine. Yeah. Maybe sitting at the edge of your bed before going to sleep. I think the nighttime is like a really good time to 
to take advantage of just like your body is already getting into a meditative state because sleep is a meditative state. And even saying like a prayer, call in your ancestors before you go to sleep and invite them into your dreams because they can come into your dreams and kind of just do the work for you. You don't really have to do a meditation. Those are three ways that I would recommend to, to go into a deep meditative state. When you're looking online for meditations, how can you tell the difference between one that will take you deeper and maybe something that's more superficial or what is the opposite of a deep meditation? Yeah, I, I personally don't like the ones that are short, the ones that are just like five to 10, 10 minutes, because I feel like I need more time to, to really dive in. So the, the longer ones that have, they usually have the music, like singing bowls. So I think those, so I would look for ones that are around I would say at least 25 minutes because that really allows you to give your mind time to really soak, soak in and, and, and sit into that meditation. And so that's what I look for. And I look for ones that don't have so much a word, so many, I, I like to kind of go on my own and I like to create my own imagery in my head. But if people do like the guided ones, if that works better for you, then then that's something that you can do. Just anything that maybe takes you into a relaxed state that creates some peace would be helpful. Can you describe your concept of the afterlife? When you are calling the ancestors, what do you imagine they're doing? Are they not going to move on to some other place or some other thing? Where are they? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So I think when people move on into the afterlife, they become an infinite kind of energy. So they can really be an everywhere at once. So I believe that they, they come into the energy that when they are invited into the energy, once I really started to, okay, I'm going through a spiritual awakening and I'm really going to dedicate myself to it. And once I made that decision, that's when I, all the ancestral healing just like started to, like, I started seeing what's just coming everywhere. And so signs, right? I think as soon as I opened myself up to it, they started to enter my energy space. When I call them in, because I know that they can be everywhere at once, they're just kind of like there. But when they, when I call on them, I can feel them because I am so tuned into that. That's how I view what happens to a soul after an afterlife. It's about that opening, being open to, to know that their energy is infinite. Mm. Now, the people that are around you or the spirits that are around you, that are a team that guide you, are they all blood relatives or can you have no children while you're here and end up as an ancestor? For me, it's, it's mostly my family, but I, I tend to connect mostly with my, the ancestors that lived a very long time ago. So the indigenous ancestors, I can connect with, with the people that, let's say my grandma from one generation ago. But I, I feel that the, I'm, for some reason, I feel very connected to, 
the indigenous part. And that's probably because something in me wants to be activated through that. My work usually involves the family, like the, the blood relatives. But I have heard other, other people that do ancestral work and ancestral remembrance that also consider the people that steward their land like ancestors or just people that work close to the family. So it doesn't necessarily have to be blood relatives. I do know other people that are considered ancestors that are exactly related to blood. So I think it's really anyone that you, that you, that you or your family or just anything that, that was surrounding that you felt very connected to. I think a big thing is also like the ancestors of the land. I would definitely consider, you know, the people that stored the land that I stand on as ancestors because they took care of our land and they, we have this place to live because of them. And so I think it's like an emotional connection there. I think ancestors don't have to be necessarily blood. It just needs to have a connection. Like what connection do you have there with them? You mentioned that you do readings for people. Can you describe your gifts to us more and how you use them to help other people and to guide you in how you live your life? Yeah. So I connect with the energies around you. So I can connect to your spirit guides. I can connect to your ancestor lineage or through mediumship or an, a past ancestor. I can also connect to your highest self, your soul. And I use this as a way to kind of like gain clarity for people. So people come to me when they're not sure, they're kind of like a little bit in their heads and, and they feel kind of disconnected. They're not sure if they're the right path or how to really embody more of their soul. I use my gifts to tap into their spiritual team and to give them the guidance, right? Yeah, from a pure place, from a place that knows them all and, and supports them and everything. A lot of the time, the, the spirit guides are funny because, or just like the spiritual realm, because they tend to like lead you back to yourself. It's kind of like, you know, the answer and you have the answers inside of you, but they do try to, you know, give you the, the clarity and the direction that you need to find a way. So I feel like the, the journey, they always seem to have this saying where it's kind of like, you are right here right now for a purpose and this obstacle, this challenge that you're going through right now, it's taking you to where you need to go. It's kind of like the journey is needed here so you can get to your highest self, to your true self and to your most pure self, to your most whole self. So that is what I do in my readings. I go with the intention of the client, what they need. If they're going through a transition or if they really want to reconnect with, you know, their lineage. So we go in there and we get as much information as we can to really give them that clarity and also the comfort in knowing that they are supported and they're actually a pure being that has so much guidance available to them. That sounds incredible. I know today you came prepared to offer us a little entry point into a meditation or having an ancestral remembrance practice. Can you introduce us to that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So let's 
dive right in. So if you can, I invite you to close your eyes. If you can't close your eyes, just simply focus on a certain spot around you. And I want to invite you to go ahead and take three deep breaths. And when you exhale, I want you to make a sigh or an audible sound. All right, now I'm going to invite you to go ahead and just move your body the way that it wants to. Just give yourself a little wiggle. Maybe you have some tight spots. Maybe you've just been sitting after a long day. Just give yourself some movement so we can really get into the body and allow spirit to move through us. When you're ready, I want you to go ahead and just place your hands wherever it feels right. So maybe, maybe on your heart, maybe on your stomach, maybe on your legs, whatever makes you feel most comfortable. And I want you to go ahead and imagine a white light coming in from the crown of your head all the way down to your toes. So you're going to imagine it slowly cleansing your entire body. So going through your throat, going through your heart, through your stomach, through your legs, and exiting out through your toes. And from here, I want you to imagine a yellow golden light right in the middle of your eyebrows. And this is where your third eye lies. This is where your intuition lies. And you're going to notice this light just permeating your entire forehead. Then you're going to see it extend out into your body. And now to the surroundings. And you're going to see it extend out as far as you can imagine out into the earth. And as you see it connect to the earth, you're going to thank the earth just internally for her healing presence for supporting you and supporting your lineage and activating this connection that we're about to embark on. And now that the earth has reflected this beautiful energy back into your aura, you're going to see this light coming back into your surroundings coming back into your body, coming back into your aura, 
and coming back into your third eye. And now I'm going to invite you to do a prayer to call in your ancestors. So you can repeat this prayer internally or externally. Do whatever feels right. Whatever feels right is perfect. So we're going to go ahead and say, I invite in my ancestors right now. I call in their presence. I call in their guidance. I call in their strength. I call in their wisdom. I invite the ancestors with divine intention to make contact with me in the way that they know they can. I open up myself to receive their wisdom and their guidance in any moment that is available to me. I trust that I am supported and guided by my ancestors who long to make connection with me. And I open myself up to receive their magic. And just let that permeate every inch of your being. And now I invite you to simply say thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you to your ancestors for bringing you here in this moment, for giving you what you have, for giving you the wisdom and the strength to make it to where you are today. And now from here, you can trust that this relationship with your ancestors is officially opened as you have opened up your heart to them and to receive their guidance. All right, so we're going to just go ahead and quickly close by taking another just three deep breaths. And remember to just make a sound, just let out any energy that may have moved through when you exhale. All right, when you're ready, just go ahead and open your eyes and come back into the space. Thank you so much for that. Yay. You mentioned that dancing could be a way to ground yourself. Can you give us a couple of other things that can ground you? Yes. So I do have a, some tools in my toolbox. So I really love just simply breathing like we just did. 
the breathing, filling up your belly and bringing it up to your chest and, and exhaling with a sound has been so grounding for me, especially because I noticed that throughout the day, my breath is very shallow. And so really taking the moment to just let the breath fill my body up with life is one, one beautiful way to ground yourself. And especially if you find yourself in triggering moments, breath, bringing your attention back into the breath is, is really grounding. Another thing for me, I, I also recommend music, music, especially something that, that is tied to your ancestral lineage. So anything that, that kind of just reminds you of home. It's, it's something that I love to, to just, you know, put everything away and just kind of like sit in my bed and listen to music. I feel so grounded in that as well as nature. Nature is a natural resource. If you don't live in the city, you can just go outside and just be like on the grass, taking off your shoes and putting your, your feet on the earth is, is incredibly healing because you're taking in that, the earth's frequency. So those are like my three favorite ways. I also obviously like meditation as well. And just sitting in silence and noticing, you know, I think people have the misconception that meditation is about clearing your mind. I really just like to, to use it as a way for self, self-awareness when I'm just doing meditations by myself, because it just allows me to drop in. Okay. Like what's in my head right now? How can I bring myself back to center? And it just kind of creates this, again, this relationship with myself. So those are like a few of my tools to get grounded. That is so helpful. Where can people find you if they'd like to learn more or want to know how to work with you? Yeah. So I hang out a lot on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at I am Angela Joe. And so that's the Joe. It's just J-O. <laughs> it stands for my middle name. And then I am working on my website. I don't have a website currently, but on Instagram, you can find any links and, and you can find out how to work me work with me there. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that and that you will take out the time to connect with Angela's work. If you are still on Instagram, check her out there, or you can just jump on her mailing list, visit her site and grab that meditation. I loved the invitation to the ancestors to connect in that she included that prayer for us really resonated to me and felt really helpful. You would think when it comes to spiritual things, we wouldn't be worried about doing things the right way all the time or thinking that things need to be prescribed. But a lot of the religious traditions that we have grown up with are very prescribed and they don't feel accessible. And there's generally another person there to tell you precisely how things should go or someone who serves as an intermediary. So it is a little bit of a reach sometimes when you start exploring spiritual practices that are more independent and that actually allow you more freedom. Sometimes you get freedom and you don't know exactly what to do with it. So I really appreciate that she modeled that for us and that she offered us such a simple entry point to starting to explore ancestor remembrance practices, if that's something we feel called to do. 
Remember, if you haven't already picked up your copy of Decolonizing Wellness, Decolonizing Wellness is available all over the place now. The book really is full of helpful exercises that you can do to feel more present in your body and to feel more connected to your intuition and to your whole self instead of just the little parts of ourselves that have been deemed worthy or acceptable by the world around us. If you're listening to this episode on a podcast player and you're not listening to it on Substack, I highly encourage you to follow the show on Substack because in addition to getting this episode every month, there is a blog post on the 15th of every month. And for people who are supporting members of the show, there's also a bonus. As always, thank you so much for being here. I'll see you next time. Yeah, they might try to put you in a box. Tell them that you don't accept. When the world is tripping out, tell them that you love yourself. Hey, hey, smile on them. Live your life just how you like it. It's your party. Negativity is not invited. For my queer folk, my trans, people of color, let your voice be heard. Look in the mirror and say that it's time to put me first. You were born to win. Head up high with confidence. This show is for everyone. So I thank you for tuning in. Let's go.